Good day, evening, morning, whatever it is for you folks. Uh, this is Thad. We are with the Walk It Off Your Probably Fine podcast. This is episode two with me, Madre, Maggie, Margaret, Moosey, Dindinger. Those are all names she's been called. Ask her about it sometime. All that being said, we're just going to dig right in. Uh, the Walk It Off Your Probably Fine podcast, episode two. And here we are with Meg Dindinger, my mom. Um, Say hi, mom. Hi, mom. Very nice. Um, The reason I wanted to have you on is because the Walk It Off, You're Probably Fine podcast. What? I have something in my car for you. Oh, okay. Great. Um, Probably a big bag of cash. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Um, the Walk It Off You Probably Find podcast gets half of its name from a family joke that is your favorite words on the planet were Walk It Off. And I'm, I don't know, but I'm kind of assuming that part of that is that you had three boys instead of like three little princesses, right? And it's just easier to kind of assume that nothing really happened, Right. Fall down and get a scratch. Oh, you're probably fine. We're going to, everybody's good. Don't freak out. That situation, right? Just kind of a shake it off situation. I, yeah, I said it's probably right. Okay. So. Girls probably would not have survived me, honestly. No, I doubt that. So, and that's, that's actually an interesting point because there was a period of time where we had some girls in the house. And True. The, the, the family kind of split in twain. On certain nights just so that the girls could go do their thing and then you could go do the boy thing with us that's true when it could have been the opposite way but it didn't quite work out that way so um, let's just cut straight to the chase what's wrong with you <laughs> lots of things <laughs> where do you want to start I don't know <laughs> what um, it seemed like like fishing you had no problem Splitting worms in half and stuff like that. True. Um, you had no problem with uh, being like one of the loudest baseball moms or soccer moms or whatever in the crowd. And you enjoyed that end of things. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't have enjoyed the little princess girls. I mean, as much, right? It I probably been... would have learned to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's really in my... Yes, I would have learned to. This was natural. Like, I enjoy watching grand girl stuff. Yes, yeah, right. But but having three boys of your own was a more natural fit for who you are as a human. Yes, exactly. Why? What's the deal? I think that even though I come from a family of four girls and, and one boy, we didn't, as we were growing up, we didn't get a lot of coddling. I mean, you know, yeah. things happened. You're okay. You're going to survive it. Walk it off mindset there, too. I broke my arm at the uh, playground up the street. We walked home because we had walked up there. <laughs> Somebody stopped to give us a ride like two houses from home. Mm-hmm. I remember so clearly. And mom made me get in and out of that car when we were almost home anyhow because they, they were being helpful and polite. Right. So they were helping us, so we needed to do it. And I'm like, so... Like, we didn't get a lot of coddling, so I, it just was never instilled in me. Which is insane, because 
grandma was the stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. right? Grandpa was doing his preacher thing. And when I was at grandma's house, and I understand, like I get, I get that there's a far disconnect from being a grandparent and from being a parent. But when I was at grandma's house, I could like mention that maybe my head was a little bit off, like, like with a headache, and she would keep me home and then make me food all day and I could sit and watch Prices Right. So that's interesting that it was kind of a walk it off mindset at home. That may have been because you're a male. Because if John had done that, he would have gotten the same response Ooh, from mom. Okay, so old school uh -huh. old school type of thing. Where the male is going to carry on the name. It's going to leave the legacy and all that stuff. <laughs> ain't going to happen. I'm pretty sure none of us girls would exist if John had come first, honestly. That's interesting. Okay, because big families then were, were like a normal thing. So I just mm -hmm. assumed that was a... Oh, good golly. I just assumed that was kind of a normal thing. Um just because that was kind of the time, right? That that big families were were in vogue. And so I thought that was the thing. But they're just waiting for a boy. I think mom was waiting for a boy. Really? <laughs> That's the That's impression surprising. I get. All right. So they got down and they called it quits. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And what's the what's the year span between youngest and oldest of you? Five? Uh, about 11 years. Good Lord. I wouldn't know. No good. No bueno. Okay, so the, okay, so boys worked out because boys are kind of rough and tumble. You got to learn to swing. You had already been kind of treated that way. Uh, just learn to swing, Do you know. And I, it was just the way it was. I didn't feel like I was treated that way. Like, that's just how we were That was the mindset. That yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Do you think to some degree that was just an attempt to keep five kids all from screaming at the same time? It was just a really different world. Like, nobody's parents were helicopter parents. And, <laughs> like, we went outside. We did stuff. Right. People get hurt. That's what happens when you're outside playing. Yeah. Well, and much of, at least my growing up, was, was pretty well the same. Like, Spratt and I would disappear at 6 o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't be back until 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. And we'd been out in, on the town on our rollerblades all day. Right. It wasn't a big deal. Now, if Kale were to mention that he wanted to go rollerblading, we'd put like a tracking device in his backpack or something. Like legitimately. Yeah, and go looking for him after 15 minutes. Yeah, right. Right. And like like now, Spratt's um, uh, uh, mom, Mary, will go on walks, but they'll keep the uh, track my phone thing on so that Brad can watch and make sure that she's still on her normal route. If she mm -hmm. goes off the normal route, something's wrong. All hell breaks loose. Sure. So it was just a sign of the. It was just a, a situational thing of the times, mm -hmm. latchkey kid situation, and everything was fine, even when everything wasn't fine. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Cool. So, with three boys, Drew, and I kind of touched on this in episode in episode one. Drew's kind of like this Viking stoic thing. He's artistic. He's very in his mind. He's goofy when when there's like a crowd that kind of needs a little bit of entertainment. But generally, I I kind of get the feeling that if he could just be home, dealing with his own, and uh, you know maybe dabbling in some art or or planting, you know, just just kind of this homebody type situation and kind of a singular hobby situation where you're not dealing with other people. Mm -hmm. So Stoic Viking is what I get from Drew. Right. But in your um, introductory podcast, you said that you felt he got that from me. And I think there's a little piece of it from me. 
but I see just a ton of your dad in Drew. He's okay. typically very quiet, doesn't say a lot. When he does, it can be very funny. Right. And he Wait for kind the opportunity. Of, yeah, kind of keeps things, you know, tucked away and had a creative side too. He did photography and stuff when we were in right. school. So when I see Drew's behaviors and things, and I realize I influence them too, but I see her dad a lot in okay. Drew. And then Vaughn was star quarterback, star pitcher, a Marine, now since cancer survivor, like just mm-hmm. all around badass basically. Um, when it comes to putting in a lot of push, Vaughn's kind of got that gear to go to and, mm-hmm. and almost seems like he would rather be in that gear. Yep. Than doing much of anything else. Yeah. Now that's a dindinger thing. Okay, that's... that <clears throat> makes sense. Is that a is that a grandpa thing? Is that a? Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a dindinger thing. But I see more of like Vaughn and I butted heads. I would say. Yeah. I, and uh, in and I don't mean any in any big huge way, but no, Vaughn and I were so teenager, similar. Yes. Vaughn and I were so similar that we had troubles. Dealing with each other at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a lot shorter answer. And then me, the um, performer, <laughs> that ends it, the performer, right? I, I've just always mm-hmm. been looking for attention. I've found places to get it. So that's a better question. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Again, it's a long, long list. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> I like the tone on that one. <laughs> There isn't anything wrong with you. Your personality, you get what you need based on your personality. And I recognize that as being the third of three boys. I get that you are trying to find your place. Sure, okay. But that's, but the personality piece of it, because like I don't want to be the center of attention. That's not my deal at all. Right. It's not really your dad's deal. I'm not real sure. I'm not real sure where that came from. So I listened to an interview with Dustin Hoffman, and he was talking about some actor that was before his, or not, the, like a generation before him. And it was kind of a mentor situation, and he said, why do we do this? And the guy grabbed him by the shoulders and said, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> and I feel like there's part of that. Like the latchkey kid right. sort of makes sense. Single mom, so three boys all have to go different directions. Yep. You know, whether it's FFA or baseball or drama practice, whatever. So all three have to go different directions. So sometimes that ride was you, sometimes it was Judy, sometimes it was grandma, sometimes it was get there and get home Mm -hmm. on your own situation, especially when we could all drive. Um, I get that. And, and part of, of, um, me lately and lately has probably been like the last three or four years has been an attempt to, to rein it in like where Mm -hmm. I don't need the attention I almost don't want the attention. I'd rather just be an example on certain things. You know, and obviously yeah. if, if we're having a party or something, I'm in host mode and and that and obviously it's easy because I've done it for so long, I know what gets the punches. But when it comes to just life, now I'm trying to kinda cool it. A so I'll bit. share with you something I learned about dad when we were making trips back and forth for cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be an entertainer. That's kinda cool. So when you went off to California, he was all about it. I really? Didn't, I didn't know this till later. Well, that's neat. That's kind of awesome. He wanted to be a singer. Really? Uh-huh. That was like the Frank Sinatra days. Yeah. He wanted to be a singer. Huh. 
That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's maybe it's there. Well, and, and the creative side. Um, so just statement of fact, I have through my life had more interaction with the Denninger side than the Burr Camper side. Mm-hmm. Not good or bad. That's just how it's been. And the creative side definitely comes from just picking and choosing little bits of grandpa, grandma, you, Judy, Sue, you know, just, and Amy wrote and John's kind of, John does a really good job with the host portion of it. So when he mm-hmm. goes into that gear, it's a, it's a different thing. Um, so that I've, I've recognized as well has been like just being able to say, you know, if I'm walking a little bit funny, one time I said, I've got a little hitch in my giddy up and Rachel looked at me weird and I was like, yeah, that kind of seems like a grandpa thing. You know, that, that he wouldn't oh. say, and oh, my leg hurts, he would mm-hmm. say something else. Yep. And so the creative side on that, I like. Um, but, okay, so you've got this wide range of dudes. You're the lone chick trying to wrangle them. How does that work? Because as a single mom, you're working ridiculous hours. You're trying to make mm-hmm. whatever. Also, big point, and this is meant to come across as a compliment, <laughs> okay, but there's no, there's no great way to, to say it. Yeah, just say it. I didn't feel broke. Okay. You know what I mean? We had to have been broke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel broke either, but we were. We were, we were poor. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I think about some of the places we lived. Yeah. Like, they... And, another credit to you, we never, like, had to move in with Grandma and Grandpa. We never had to do any of that kind of stuff, or maybe you did before I was... I don't know. But... As far as my growing up, I never felt broke. I never felt like, oh, I wanted this thing and I didn't get it. Maybe I might have thrown a tantrum in the toy store at the moment or whatever, but... I don't remember you throwing tantrums. Well, I was a perfect child. No, I just wouldn't have put up with it. <laughs> yeah, right. I was too afraid. It wouldn't have been okay. But so how did... Uh, so you never felt broke? <clears throat> no, growing up, I never felt broke. Oh. Growing up. Oh, under you're... mom and dad's roof, okay, you I guys never felt broke. broke. But we were, yeah, we had no money. We had no money. So, okay. Is, is that just an attitude thing? Is that just an attitude of the parents? And kids just assume whatever they're going through is normal, right? It was also very, di- it was also very different. Um, even though I ran around with people who later I figured out, oh, their families had some money. Um <laughs> I was never made to feel like that way. Like they weren't doing anything dramatically different than what we were doing. Right. So it was there. I just, it just wasn't really evident or I was really um, ignorant or naive. It just didn't occur to me. Like it wasn't something that was important. Well, I think what I noticed growing up, like I had to go over to Hans's house. I never understood how much money they had. I was just like, oh, cool house. You know what I mean? Yes, like, exactly. You don't ever do the math. You're just like, right. oh, wow, you found a good one. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and so I think part of it is, I think part of it is just whatever you grow up with, you assume is kind of the norm. Yes. And I mom and dad are weird and they beatbox in the van sometimes, but I guess that's just how life yes. is. And then you go to somebody else's house, you kind of take in the differences, but you don't, you don't do math against what you've got versus what their, you know, what their experience yes. is. So that's part of it, but I also feel like there was a part of it that it was never expressed or um, even hinted at that maybe this bill was difficult this 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember, the only time I remember that's even close to what I'm talking about is I had lost probably my sixth pair of black pants. The only black pants that I ever needed were for, yeah. for choir or yeah. band. I had lost, like, several. And I remember getting yelled at for losing black pants because I told you on the night <laughs> that we needed black yeah. pants. You know, that whole thing. And that was the only time I, I, I remember attention from you that was more than just annoyance. It was now going to come up with some money for some black pants. And that's the only time. And I was probably in sixth or seventh grade. And I ignored it for 10 years until I thought back on those moments. Well, and and my folks did not talk finances. My folks, finances were a very personal, grown-up thing. Mm -hmm. We never heard about it, which I wish I'd done differently with you guys maybe and been... Maybe not more open, but explained things more and been better with helping um, you guys get in into good financial um, practices. Uh, which I yeah and and I can't say that I was at that point in doing the best myself. But that was definitely something we we never talked about with our folks. Mm-hmm. Like our folks did not talk about it, and so therefore I didn't talk about it with you guys. I didn't purposely have a process in my head that said don't talk to them about it i just it was just didn't. what you experienced it just yeah I just so it was what you cre- recreated yeah without thinking right yeah yeah and i can understand that um so you during the course of working ridiculous hours like i remember going to grandma's house before school probably an hour and a half two hours before school i'd be at grandma's house until three four hours after school sometimes yeah. depending on what i had you know different rehearsals or whatever but if it was just school and then that's it then you'd still be gone working stupid stupid hours just to kind of keep us afloat um and then at some point you decide i'm going to do some school because that seems like a great idea and then ever (laughs) since and it was a great idea but ever since then we'll we'll just hear this peppering of now i'm taking this class for specifically for my job so I've got this certification and this certification and this certification is that at this point kind of a uh, just something that you enjoy broadening your horizons or are you still kind of in uh, uh, just say it yeah well the, the words aren't right <laughs> but I can see being in your position where yeah. I'd be scrambled well, and I sort of am right now it's one income Mm-hmm. taking care of our whole family. So mm-hmm. it's a mad scramble just to keep the money coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And I imagine at some point it's it's been a mad scramble for you just to keep the money coming in. So is it a mad is that to add to the mad scramble? Are you still a little bit scrambled thinking I got to get this, I'm going to get this certification, then I'll look prettier, this you know, you know what I mean? I'll be more attractive to, to the people that want to hire or think about raises or blah 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 blah. Um at this point in my life well, first off, I love to learn something new. Like, I get bored if I'm not learning something mm-hmm. new. Like, I got to do it. Yeah. Um, there is an element where I feel like I never did what I should have education-wise. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I should still do it. Like, maybe when I retire, I'll go back to school and get a master's degree just to show everybody I can do it <laughs> kind of kind of thing. Um, but the, the, biggest, the biggest push is that I always want, like, I, 
I've got to learn something new. I've got, I'm, I'm curious about things. I want to know how things work. I want to understand things and people and I have to learn. I've, that, I've got to have that or I would get really, really bored if I'm not learning something new. That is um, cool and I'm glad that you said it because that's why I learned to fix cars. That's why I've learned to build things. That's why I've learned, you know, just all the things that I've, just through the course of having a slight itch to do it, I've probably gone three steps further than I need to into it. Yeah. And it's just the fun of, and right now, like like the Jeep will throw me a curveball that I've never seen before and I've just got to figure it out. And I love that part. I, I like whether it's an instructor or, you know, whatever I'm doing school right now as well. Um, this just the accumulation of information is kind of cool, especially when yep. it's something that you give half a damn about. Okay, so at one point, the school and all that was was there ever a point where that is I'll make myself more attractive to the to the employment? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now yeah, yeah. it's that not... initially, initially at this point in my career, I've had some good opportunities yeah. and. Uh, yes, would I be making more money if I had a four-year degree? Yes, I would. I'm pretty confident. But it's money's... Uh, and, and it's a little bit weird because you'd think if you didn't have money, it would be like a goal, like i got to have a lot of money. Right. Money's never really been a motivator for me. Me either. Like, I'll, I would rather do something I'm happier doing that's, that I'm going to get paid less money, but it's going to... It's going to be something I'm passionate about, or that right. I can really dig into, than making forty thousand dollars more, but have to do something that I really could care less about. That's kind of insane because I did sales for a long time. I hated every inch of it because money doesn't motivate me. the The motivator in sales for me was was the mental game of, and it was just finding out new information. It was how does this person think. How do I use that information to inform their decision? How you know, and and that was the fun for me when I had, especially when I had somebody with a brain across from me, and that we could actually have a back and forth instead of I want TV, I want it this big. Well, great, this is boring. I work at Walmart now instead of actually trying to be a salesman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Though? Like it's it's there, there's a big difference between yeah. what I did for sales and and just being a cashier, and it, but I hated it because every week it was. Sell, sell, sell. Look, money, money, money. I'm like, eh, this, yeah, this I can't isn't do thing. sales. No, I, I can. I just don't like to do it. Yeah, I can't even really do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm just going through my through my list of stuff here. Oh, so you have three boys that are very, very different. Mm-hmm. What What was the main difficulty in that? What was the difficulty in you being different? In, in us being different and us all three going different directions. I mean, it could be as technical mm-hmm. as rides, but it could be something like, I didn't know how to flip the switch from one thing to the next, depending on who I'm talking to. Uh, yeah, I did not always do well communicating in a way that each of you would receive it. Yeah, I would communicate from my... Yes. Personality, mm-hmm. and it didn't really matter what your style right. was. Right? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, These are the I words. Was, I wasn't trying to. Uh, yeah. I wasn't trying to model to what you needed necessarily, and so I mean that I know that got hard. I know that I was not as um, uh, 
maybe in tune and uh, I did not intentionally create a lot of conversation when I probably should have. Right. Right. Like I, I should have talked about more things. I should have tried to get you guys to talk about more things. Mm-hmm. We just kind of lived life, did what had to be done, get to the next day. Yes. So to that point, and not talking about a lot of things. <laughs> it, Again, I will, <laughs> in my defense, <laughs> in my defense, we didn't in my family either. Though. Well, yeah, I, I assumed that. As you were saying that, I assumed that. Also, you were a kid when you had your first kid. <laughs> yeah. So you just kind of had to figure it out and start rolling. And I know you had yeah. safety nets and whatever, but... You're still a kid when you had a kid and you, you know, you don't have time to think about being in tune. You just have to keep these things alive. Yeah. Um, And you're still alive. So I'm I'm doing well. Three of the four of us made it. Um, But the, so, oh, what were you just saying? Oh, nope. Oh, not talking. So it's been over the last 10 years that I've taught myself to emote. (laughs) (laughs) And And I don't, I don't. I, I truly don't know, and there's no judgment one way or the other on what your answer is going to be. Is well, maybe we've already talked about it, but this family, mm-hmm. and maybe as far as you know, even your siblings, maybe as far as your mom and dad, maybe the whole damn tree doesn't dig into like the dirty stuff. Like the stuff that really people need help with, you know what I mean? Like I'm having this difficulty and it's in my brain and I just, or, you know, or my heart hurts because of this. Like there's, there was very little of that, if any. (laughs) And, and most of it was a joke was, I'm going to put this information into the world as, as this funny thing and we're all going to laugh about it. And I'll just, okay, three of the five people are laughing. I bet they know what I'm talking about. First, I have to apologize to all my daughters-in-law, <laughs> or all my daughter-in-laws, right, whichever yeah. way that is. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is frustrating for them. So my dad especially, I think, came from, when you talk about being stoic, I think he came from a very... Uh, Don't talk about that. A very, yeah, yeah kind of a very proper family. Um, yeah. And so I don't think they talked about it. And dad definitely, and t- I mean, seriously, when he got cancer and we started running back and forth to doctor's appointments and stuff, that's more conversation that I'd had with dad in my whole life. So to that, I'm glad that you got those. Right, right, exactly. Which is fantastic, just sucks the circumstances yeah. of it. Um, mom communicated much more. Um, and I think her family in general was a warmer family. And I don't. So and from again, cold I'm to not, tepid. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not judging either. But yeah, right. There right. were just very different dynamics between the two families. Mm-hmm. And so, no. Even with my siblings, we don't do a lot of deep conversations. Right. And we do do a lot of joking because we're good at it. Well, so, yeah. Yes, that's that's accurate, though. I mean, the humor is definitely there, and it, and it always feels like, not always, sometimes jokes are just jokes, and sometimes they're just for making people laugh. But mm-hmm. often enough, there is a joke made 
that has just this tone of I want to stab you with information about me. You know what I mean? Not not mm-hmm. not that like like say it's you and I, right? Mm-hmm. Not even that I'm upset at you or whatever. It's that I want to connect with you. But the only way to connect would be through this joke. You know what I mean? Oh. I can I can express some reality of me out in front of here and we're both going to laugh about it and that's how that's how that family and even the Burkamper side bonded was through humor and through intellect like almost almost exclusively humor and intellect and the two are linked and that's how there was bonding whereas like I said the last 10 years I've, I've had to teach myself to emote to emote and be more in tune and through those steps I've been I've tried to do what you're talking about which is instead of come up in front of one of the boys and present information come up mm-hmm. beside one of the boys where they're where they're struggling or, and that it's impossible you can't do it but mm-hmm. i try every now and then <laughs> come up beside them and speak in a way that they think right i didn't do that well, well <laughs> i'm hardly doing it no it's, it's not sorry i mean part of it like you said ooh, excuse me is um is just the time yeah the time that it all happened now the hippies on either coast are working their way into the middle and we're starting to think further about what those relationships mean and i have to and and there it is too i don't mean that i don't mean the hippies on either side of the on either coast i presented it in a joke because it's information that people can laugh at but the outward thinking uh Consciousness of yeah. the world is different than Just what it was. Just this awareness thing yeah. is kind of making its way towards the center. And we are in the dead center of the nation, so all the good stuff and bad stuff takes its time to get to us. Yeah. And that's one of the good stuffs. And that's everywhere. That's not just in families. I mean, that's in the workplace. No, that's right. In right. Right. Community in general. Yeah. And actually, yeah. So I've had three opportunities to be a manager to somebody. To small groups, a group of four, a group of seventeen, and um, and the best thing I could do was come up beside them, find out what they're running for, whether money's their motivator or a uh, fishing weekend's their motivator, whatever. Find out what it is, come up beside them, remind them of it, say I'm running with you, brother, and then you know that's the best way to get any results out of anything. And so, in the work environment, especially, yeah, I have to do a lot of. Figuring people out, understanding how to communicate with them, helping mm-hmm. them communicate. Then when I get home, I just don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just you and kinda, Tetris. Just kind of leave me alone. Yeah, right. Which isn't which isn't necessarily fair to the people on that end of my world, um, including you guys at that time, because I would go to work and I would put all that energy and time into the people at work, mm-hmm. and then by the time I got home. I was ready for the more quiet time. Right, yeah. I can see that. So all of that kind of brings me to the idea of what the podcast is about to begin with, which is just overcoming stuff. Mm -hmm. Just maintaining some semblance of um, optimism, going about your day with some perseverance, and overcoming uh, what could be minor odds or great odds to create a better whatever day family whatever it is right so 
And what I have noticed about you um, through my years of experience is unless we had an unannounced trip to Pizza Hut mm-hmm. for some horrible news, oh, you... I know exactly what you... Never mind. Go ahead. You Maybe would... Well, no, that just seemed to be a pattern. If we just magically ended up at Pizza Hut. I remember you and I and having like, quite oh. a conversation at a Pizza Hut one time, but anyhow, go ahead. But if we, um, uh, and, you yeah, know, more stupid jokes just past time, but um, from me, not you. Um, you have been fairly even keeled. I do, to counter that right off the bat, to show that she is uh, flawed in, in different ways, I specifically remember being in line with my brothers at Terrace Heights. You were ripping us a new one. We were I don't know what we did, but I remember standing there. Vaughn was on my left. Drew was on my right. And I remember Vaughn did something stupid. Like, not that's not why we were being laughed or yelled at. We were being yelled at for something. Vaughn did something stupid, like, on, in, on the verge of funny. And I remember thinking, dude, what are you doing? And then Drew started to kind of lean into what Vaughn did. I was like, oh, if she laughs, we're off the hook. <laughs> and then I joined in, and we all kind of, I don't i don't remember what it was. I just remember thinking, this is very dangerous. <laughs> and then you laughed. It's going to go one way or the other. You laughed, and we all walked away. It wasn't even like, get out of here. You know, it wasn't dismissed. It was, we're out. We got it. You know we got it. We're out. It was one of those. Yeah, I don't remember that. I, well, it, it just... One of those singular stupid memories. Darn it. Something you said a little bit ago, I was going to share something with you. And I don't remember what it was now. Talking about getting in trouble. I don't know. Go ahead. It'll come to me. Terrace Heights. Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. Pizza Hut. Go ahead. So the joke joke among my siblings and myself is that if... If you ever went anywhere and you were told you could have whatever you wanted to eat, oh yeah, you knew, you knew right. there was right. something bad. There was going to be a conversation, and you didn't want to be there because when we were kids, like we never went out to eat. First off, mm-hmm. and so if, especially if you got singled out and you were going with oh, one of boy. the parents to get something, you it yeah. was. It was big time, and if they told you you could have whatever you wanted to eat, you you just might as well pack it in at that point, because it wasn't going to be good. I remember, it wasn't always that way with you, but it was always life-changing news. So I remember Judy told Lindsay and I we had to go get new clothes, because we're going to Salvatore's tonight. And I was like, sweet, new clothes and Salvatore's. And we parked across from First National Bank, started walking towards Salvatore's, took one door before Salvatore's, ended up in a, uh, a attorney's, office. attorney's office for a wedding, your wedding, and then at the end, I was like, that's great. Do we still get Salvatore's? <laughs> and I think it was just because I brought it up that Judy's like, yeah, I'll take care of Salvatore's, or whatever. But anyway, um, oh, shoot. My I, methods have not always been the best. Well, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Uh, as far as I see it, that your three boys are um, have one survived your uh, motherhood. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yes. your direct being in the same house. <laughs> I would go as far as to say we've thrived. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a compliment, but you just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I could see both sides of that. Um, 
Oh, overcoming. So overcoming stuff is what I was talking. Okay. We were talking about that. Okay. Little sliver of optimism. Sure. At, at, at you know, there are days where I just say, win the next four hours. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's been such a crap six hours. Win the next four hours. Yeah. Win it. You know, just keep trying to add an hour after that. You have always generally been even keeled. That's where we got into uh, the yes. Yeah. You have always generally been even keeled and and mm-hmm. almost uh, and. The reason I say that Drew got some of his stoicism from you is even in moments when things could not be worse, you've you've generally just held the course. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't walk is one of the things I tell myself when I'm on a run. Just don't walk. It can be the ugliest run you've ever seen. Just don't walk. And yeah. and it seems like there's some some of that that comes out of you when the shit's hitting the fan. Because you've got to get through it. Right, but not okay. But you say that very matter of factly. Well, some you do. people, <laughs> I know, but some people cling to the image of the shit hitting the fan, mm-hmm. and and bring that through their next three days, where a skill that I've learned, and I think I probably learned it from you, was that's done. Close the door. Move on. Right. Yeah. So where did you get that? Hmm. I don't know it. It's more of a survival instinct, I think, honestly. Okay. It's just like you you've gotta deal with it, you gotta move forward. There'll be time later for whatever it is, be emotional or, about yeah, it yeah. or thinking back on it or whatever it is, but you just gotta you gotta get on. But right now everything is gonna crumble if I don't right. stay straight faced yes. for another five minutes. Yes. Let me get into a closed door. I'll handle it. Yes. Okay. So that that kind of mirrors the the lack of a moat thing, and I'm I'm not coming back to that because I I understand what you're saying. You're right, but you're right. I because I would try not to. I mean, break down. Yeah. Or cry in front of mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then so there's that which is just survival. But then there's the optimism side of things, which is is not survival, right? That's that's its own thing. And I mentioned in one of uh, in either the well, it doesn't matter. I mentioned the don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like this four by four little coffee yep. table book with plaid red. I looked for it before I came because yeah. it's like I know it's in the house, right? Right. And I thought I knew where it was, and I could not find it. However, I did find a larger version of it that's in my car. Oh, waiting okay. for you. All I right. brought that with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I know exactly what one you're talking about. But it seems like nobody gave you that book as a, this will really help you. Somebody gave you that book because you were already there. Oh, I don't know about that. No, I, I do. Because okay. I've only ever known you not to sweat the small stuff. And to diminish big stuff into small things. Or what could be construed as big stuff. I got to come up with 20 bucks for a pair of pants last minute, 30 minutes before he's got to be somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I did get my ass chewed for that, so that's not a great example. But there is a there's an optimism that comes with, and maybe it's the close the door thing. Maybe it's we're past it, we close the door. But uh, I'd say that came from grandma. I always felt that grandma was very, um, very positive. Yeah. Until she was in the hospital one time, and the doctor had said something, and she started, and rightfully so. I mean, she was in the hospital, right? So something was wrong. Yeah, right. But she's in the hospital. The doctor says something, and she kind of starts at him, 
And I said, well, think about this, Mom. No. <laughs> and she said, okay, Pollyanna. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Which We're was st- probably the meanest thing my mom ever said. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, anyhow, yeah, the positivity came from her, I'm sure. And it, it, so I have heard the stories of Grandma losing, you know, losing a little or showing a little edge when it came time to be at Lutheran Homes and yes, stuff like that. Um, and that was out of that was out of fear, and that's like what I equate that with is like when an animal feel is hurt or injured and they'll oh, snap at you. Yeah, right. That's what I. That's. It, it was just her coping okay. mechanism. Okay. Because I never experienced any of that. No. And, and that wasn't the typical, that wasn't my no, typical. Yeah, right. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying like there's a dark side to her that she's been kept, but I, right. I specifically like one story and I don't even remember the details of it. It, it was so, it was so like benign to begin. You know what I mean? Like it was yep. just Pollyanna being the worst thing that's going to come out of grandma. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the insult. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I remember hearing it and, and kind of thinking, oh, that's that's interesting because Grandma has always been kind of yeah. this. There's always a, a bright side to the thing yeah. that's going on. And so yours, your, let's just get through it, was a survival thing. Your yeah. optimism came from Grandma. I think so, yeah. Is, is there ever a point, and maybe now, think like... Like, maybe more specifically now because things have uh, mightily calmed down, I would say. From the mad scramble of keeping three boys alive, mm-hmm. right? And just keeping them fed, keeping them to their stuff, blah, blah, blah. Now, sort of your only responsibility is you. You've got to keep your house taken care of. And now you get to include yourself in the things when you want to, when you have the time, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there now uh, an effort... Like, does it take effort to, to stay optimistic? Does it, I mean, do you find yourself in places where you kind of have to talk yourself through it? Not really. I mean. This is so unhelpful. Uh, well, <laughs> it just, yes. Are there times that I get frustrated or I'm thinking down the negative path? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, of course, like with, with everybody. But I come back pretty quickly to, well, if that's the worst that happened, you know, if that's the worst of it, then so many people have so many worse things or there's a, there's a solution to it or, you know, figure it out. Right. I I don't dwell, I don't, I don't like to dwell in it and and get bogged down. I feel like some people... And maybe a lot of people, I don't know, um, don't have that pair of glasses. You know what I mean? The If this is the worst that happens, when I worked for Muscatine Gutters, Glenn, like the craziest old guy on the planet, every time any little complaint would come out of any one of us guys, Glenn would invariably say, oh, it could be worse. You could be getting mauled by a bear. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's probably the worst. But not, and that's extreme and stupid. I mean, it was just something to say. He was trying to get a laugh out of us. But I feel like a lot of people don't have that pair of glasses. He probably heard it a million times when he was a kid. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And it was just a right unconscious spewing of of things. But is 
And I don't think you, think you necessarily built those glasses, though. I think you were handed those glasses. To an extent, yeah. And I feel like I was and handed those glasses from you. Always, there have there have been different times in my life when I was not as I did not do it as well as other times. You mean like seasons? Um, or like dates? Experience times, okay. yeah, like yeah. events or situations. So yeah. There have def- definitely been times when I've not been as good at it as others. Mm-hmm. And I think coming through some of those times helps it, makes it easier. Oh, kind of builds those yeah. up without yeah. you even doing any work. Well. I mean, I, what I'm saying is you go, to, you kind of go to yep. the survival mode in some of those bigger things yes. and i understand the bigger things that you're probably talking about um you kind of go into survival mode there just close as many doors as we freaking yep. can yeah and then through that you grab your optimism glasses the next day and you're like wow these things are really working mm-hmm. you right well or it's when you get through some of the harder things then the other things don't seem like such, such a big deal yeah and you've kind of built up it's kind of like your body building up immunity not that you'd know about that. <laughs> but it's kind of like building up an immunity where if you've done it enough, or building muscles or something, yeah, right. you've done it enough, so then you've built that foundation, and then it's each step going forward is a little bit easier. Well, and, and legitimately and scientifically, neuroplasticity is training your brain mm-hmm. to go on certain pathways instead of others. Right. Where if you know, if you take the choice every day, and now this is for people listening because you're nodding your head like you're right with me, mm-hmm. but if you take the choice every day to, I mean, once your feet hit the ground, stop yourself, say, I'm going to do everything I can to make it a good day mm-hmm. or to find something good about the day or I'm going to win nine out of my 12 hours that I've got to be out, you know, that kind of thing. If you do that every single day, you're actually... The, the pathways in your brain that choose one thing over the next, the pathway of positivity is actually getting paved for you. So your optimism glasses, yeah, it's it, you're dropping the bottom out of that bar graph of bad things that could happen, and the whole thing shifts down, especially when you see a big spike. And you've okay. chosen, even, even the pathway of survival is leaning towards the pathway of optimism over, you know, what was me. Yeah. yeah, but but to your point, some of it is, I don't want to say it in my genes, but whatever it is, I remember, and this was, uh, this might have been high school. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very good friend of mine, and at the time, there was a mall, and we were at the mall, walking down the mall. Was that that big empty building? Yes, and, cool. I, was saying, and I was saying hi to people, and she got really upset with me. She's like... You don't even know them. Why are you saying hi? That's a grand said, bluff. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you say hi? <laughs> why Why wouldn't you wave at somebody right. or say hi? So part of it is just internal somewhere that I can't take credit for. No, right. Yeah. You You were just, yeah. Without knowing you were picking up on these habits, you were picking yeah. up on these habits. Yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. So we've hit all of the... It's terribly unhelpful. I was, I was doing my first, no, I was doing episode three last night. You're episode two. Okay. I was doing episode three, and it was based on my FOCUS acronym. Mm. Fear of failure, fear of uh, obstacles, fear of criticism, fear of the unknown, fear of success, and going through how to change your mindset. And I got to like the third one, and I was like, this one's not really a problem for me. For the third time, I said that. I was like, well, this isn't helping anybody. Like, Like, I went through... 
fear of failure and how you can change your mindset to do that a thing to to make that not a negative mm-hmm. and where it's not scary mm-hmm. and I, and then at the end of it I was like this isn't one I have trouble with and then you know went went through three or four of the steps like this is also not one I have trouble with excuse me and I think part of it is the optimism glasses that I inherited through you and grandma and grandpa and part of it is just an unwillingness to be put down on whatever it is. Like I've tried so many things and been really gung ho about so many things only to quit them six months later. It's not because I didn't even necessarily fail at them, just decided to go a different route. Like I got the piece I needed out of that. I did the other thing, but I realized that my focus episode isn't even helpful in that I've been through it or something. You know what I mean? I'm not speaking experientially. I'm speaking just as this is this is how I do without really putting effort. You know what I mean? So can you approach it from the listener's standpoint instead of your standpoint? Instead well, of coming from it at the... Yeah, and I did. Like, I would explain each one and explain why it's scary, how you change your outlook on it to make it not scary and to keep attacking it anyway. Um, so I did that. But then to just tag it with, this one's not an issue. You know, it, it seemed, it almost seemed crappy at the end of it to be like, Ugh. I just, you know, it's just a lecture at that point. It's not that I'm trying to. That, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I suppose. Yes. Yeah. I might redo episode three now. Thanks. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. But so, so the whole, the whole um, podcast is based on positivity, perseverance, uh, how to overcome stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just is kind of built into you. Yep. But that's cool because we've still touched on some things. Like you've had to lean on the survival mode, and everybody's going to understand that. There have been, you know, everybody's going to understand that. There's just a point in life where you're like, I have to just right. keep eating. Every, every, well, and everybody has their moments. Right. I mean, you know. Right. Everybody's experienced it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so we are um, now to my final four. These aren't; these can be as as involved or quick as you want them to be, but they're the four questions that I'm going to ask everybody. Okay. So I'm trying. So to, you're telling me I'm not special anymore. Well, you're the first person to hear them. How's okay. that? Sure. Um, is there for you a a light switch moment, a before and after, where and I'm sure there are lots of them, but is there one in particular that there was life as it was, and then a light switch happened, and there was different, not better or worse, just much different life. I'm going to go with, so I'm going to agree, if I started thinking, if I went backwards in time and started thinking, there'd be lots of, there would be multiple at least, maybe right. not lots, but there'd be multiple life switch moments. Yeah. So I will go with the most recent light switch moment Mm -hmm. which would be when mom and dad were both gone okay because now life's really different from the standpoint that my siblings and i are the Mm -hmm. older generation you yeah i mean we are we are that generation now you uh, with uh, this isn't a joke at all but i've had the exact same thought mom and that group are the next to go. All yep. of my grandparents are gone. Uh-huh. 
And Grandma Mart was around for a ridiculous amount of time. Or Great Grandma yeah. Mart. So I've had a great grandma for much of my childhood. Yeah. And then and then all the grandparents are gone now. And I've thought that. And that's a difficult thing to wrestle with. And the goal, obvious, is that we still got decades to worry about it. Right. But the reality is, even after those decades, even if we get decades, if we're lucky enough to get decades, that's the next that's the next thing yeah. I'll have to deal with. That is, you know, right on top of it. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good one. Um, why are you here? Not here physically. <laughs> not here in my house. What? If there's a grand design, if somebody put you here on purpose to accomplish something, what is that? I really do think it's just to bring... Um, happiness isn't quite the right word, but it's... Happiness seems it's, fleeting. Yes, it's very... Um, just to make connections with other people mm -hmm. that might, in one shape or another, brighten, improve, enhance, whether it's their day, their moment, whatever. Yeah, right. Prior to that, and now that you guys are all grown, I would say I was put here to be a mother. Not sure I did. Way so. to come back to it. <laughs> not, so, not so sure I did so well with that one. But I really, but being a mom really did feel very. Uh, there's no way I would have been in this life and not been a mother. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I like I know that in my, in my being. That's yeah. No, that makes sense. I'm but, with you on that. On the bigger scale, not that you guys aren't the most important thing. More importantly. But on the bigger, on the humanity scale, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm simply here to somehow make connections with other people that hopefully are beneficial in some way, shape, or form. That's the entirety of my first episode was I remember Grandpa opening the door for anybody within a hundred yards. Yeah. Waiting at the door. And wait, yeah, wait. I do Like, that. people almost had to hustle, like, this is <laughs> right. awkward now. But, and <laughs> then, and then, they'd get to the door, invariably they'd say thank you, and he would never say, you're welcome. He would say some, some other variation of, like, absolutely, or wouldn't have it any other way. Something mm. crazy. Yeah. That, that, as simple as it seems, to me, struck the, like, that's the weirdest thing. Why would he respond that way? But... And I don't know, I'm sure it probably was a conscious choice to let the other person know I'm actually thinking about what I'm doing. This isn't just a good habit that I've, I'm thinking about you. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that everybody, you know, everybody does get the door held when it's grandpa, but, but he sees the individual, yep. not just the good thing to do for the random human, mm -hmm. which I thought was cool. So I, that's insane. Okay. Um, what motivates you? Money ain't it. Money's definitely not it. Um, learning, family, mm -hmm. obviously family. Um, understand it. It's not just learning. It's trying to understand on a higher level. Right. Um, I don't know who it was, but they said a. a a way to uh, to know if you understand something is if you can teach it, mm -hmm. which which would take into account how that person thinks. Oh, I've got to re re jumble this information in a way that 
comes out of the Play-Doh squeezer in a shape that they understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand. I, I get that. Um, that's really, I'm not too complicated. That's about it. No, it's so easy. <laughs> <sighs> sorry, that's. You know what's irritating about that? What? Christmas shopping. Oh, sorry. Yankee Candle and some socks. Yeah. No, I'm not into, I've got a, I have a box of candles. <laughs> They're all from me. We might, we might want to switch up the candle thing. <laughs> Bring them here. My wife's all about candles. Well, to that point, I don't need anything, right? So, the money doesn't motivate me. Stuff doesn't motivate me. Like, I don't have to have the biggest and the newest. And the trends, I think, are stupid because eventually people are going to stop wearing pants that stop above their ankle. And now they're going to have to buy new pants. And that's why they sell you those other pants to begin with. So, they can sell you different pants six months from now. Oh boy. I'll just wear my yeah. same old pants that whole year and not care. Well, you blew that optimism <laughs> thing out of the water, well, didn't you? I'm just saying, <laughs> like, trends trends mean nothing to me. Yeah, I, right. I don't care. I also don't care that people do like them and want to have them. It's, it just never, like, it never occurs to me. It's not the kind of thing that annoys you about somebody else. Right. It's just not going to have any bearing yeah. on your choices. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. If it's not going on my tombstone, I pretty much don't care. I love that. That's good. You guys want to be on my tombstone? Yeah. You want your name on my tombstone? No, I just want to draw my picture. Give me the (laughs) itchy thing. Take a marker. Yeah, right. All right. Um, And the last of the four uh, final questions is, where do you find, and this one's going to be useless too, um, where do you find your peace or contentment? You I'll, seem I'll to try have a lot to give a better answer. No, it's not that you're not giving good answers. It's that you're so in tune. And the reason this, this podcast is interesting to me is because I am fairly in tune with it as well. And I want to do, like you said, what I can to help as many people as I can start beating down the path of optimism if, if I can help them do that. The fact that you're so in tune is we just keep agreeing with each other. Oh, sorry. It, what, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But, but like there, it, it's an excellent back and forth. But it's there's not like any grinding of the gears to to gotcha. where we come to something new. So gotcha. we've been we've already sort of discussed it. We're but boring people on the other side, is what we're, you're saying. Yeah, yes, probably that's okay. accurate. Sorry. No, I don't think so. One, what I'll say before we get into this last one, what I will say is so after the last one's done, I can't say anything more. No. <laughs> um, the. One of the things that makes me very happy about being able to sit down with you for um, almost an hour now and talk about this is mm-hmm. when Spratt and I were doing our podcast, I thought about there will be some time in the future where my boys want to listen to this. Oh, interesting. And they'll, they'll you know, even if it's just a glimpse into that moment of who we are, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, he went through the same thought process on, because we talked, we had this huge conversation on God and how what all that means and whatever. So... We had some big, heavy conversations, and for them to be able to dig in. So what I think is going to happen with this one is, at the very least, Vaughn and Drew will listen to it because they because there are parts of this that, and there are parts of it for me that have been new information okay. or stuff. You know, we don't emote, we don't talk, we just joke, and we <laughs> sh- shotgun all these jokes all over the place. And you and I have had really good conversations before. That's true. I'm sure you've had really good conversations with Drew. I'm sure you've had really good conversations with Vaughn. But when it comes to our family dynamic as a whole, it's generally keep things light. Keep things, you know, right. keep it up in the air. 
So what I think is good about this is not only that I get to selfishly have you on just to have this conversation, but that Drew and Vaughn will be able to listen to it as well and maybe grab some new information as well. Gotcha. Because along with the mindset of you guys are next up, which is horrible, the like you said, when Grandpa was on his way out and he knew it, mm-hmm. those are the, or when the conversation started happening... I don't necessarily want to wait till then. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Where do you find your peace or contentment? So my the first thing that went through my head is through you guys and the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And that's even coming out of my mouth. It sounds like such an old person thing to say. Right. But yeah. by watching family, I mean, that really it's is. It's a precious moment it's, statue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that sounds really hokey, but that truly is. You know, if if families if families happy, really, what more could you want? My personal, like, just my personal mm-hmm. peace. And again, this is going to sound a little bit like you and I are a little too um, on the same page, but mm-hmm. would be um, so. Dad was even though Dad was a minister, he was always. in favor of question everything. Like, so you wouldn't think that a minister, like, is supposed to be, this is the way it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, typically when you think of religion... A lecture series. When you, th- when you think of religion, you think of ministry, uh, unfortunately, lots of times we think of, it's a set of rules, mm-hmm. and these are the rules you follow, and this is what's going to happen. And the craziest thing you hear is, during the Christmas pageant, we're going to do this one from Joseph's point of view. <laughs> what? Like, who cares? We've heard it all. Like, if it's just the book, first off, why is there a main dude anyway? Not to put anything down about what Grandpa did for a living, but if we all have the book, why are you the guy that gets to tell us how it it works? Like, what what part of your brain is so much better? Anyway, go ahead. But he was, was, so you said question everything, and I almost started crying because I have Curious George on my back, and it says question everything. Oh. And... Yeah, I wasn't making that connection, but that's definitely, I mean, that's a dad thing. Mm -hmm. And mom, too. Mom was much more from, like, the science side of, she was more that type of why do things work from the scientific side of things. But dad was very much, don't let other people do your thinking for you. You don't, and it doesn't have to be what everybody else thinks. You may have a totally different. Right. So my personal peace comes from... I am, and I'm not denouncing anything, but I'm not a a traditionally religious person. Right. But I do believe everything in this universe interacts and works together in certain ways because it was designed to do that. And that cog work alone is what we could call God instead of thinking of the bearded guy in the clouds. And I want to understand that more. So my personal piece comes from yeah. just even considering different ideas, reading people's different takes on things, um, just what is happening all around us all the time that we don't see or know about. Right. That, yeah. kind, that kind of thing. So or that's we... my personal piece is about what little droplet am I in this bigger, bigger, bigger thing? Yeah. And and contemplating it and trying to learn about it and and when someone 
were to bring to you, and and this will start very narrow but get pretty big pretty quick, uh, the difference between the Presbyterian way of doing something versus the Catholic way of doing something, Maya's trying to get in the room, yeah. versus the Mormon way of doing something, and then take past all that, somebody brings up the, do you think aliens maybe? Or do you think ghosts maybe? Or do you think maybe this is one of like several lives that we get? Like there are bigger questions that nobody gets to answer. Mm-hmm. And anybody that says they have the answer is lying to you. I, I think that stuff's amazing. And I, that question everything is, is a big part, is a really big part. We were, personally, my turn. Um, we were in uh, Walmart. Not we were in Walmart. Kale and I were in the van mm-hmm. waiting for Rachel and Wesley to get out of Walmart. Mm-hmm. We were not parked in a parking spot. We were parked in the place where they keep all the carts because they were going right in for one thing, coming right back out. We're sitting in silence. Fine. No, neither one of us needs to say anything. We're just sitting there kind of looking out the window. You and got I got that for me. Yeah, I know. know. There's other stories about that too. Yeah. Um, but Kale out of nowhere says, hey, Dad. I say, yeah, buddy. If God created everything, what created God? And I was like, oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> you're eight. <laughs> right. But he's got this. He wants to know how everything works. Mm-hmm. And if something created stuff, something had to create that thing. And so we get into like this overlap of... The Big Bang is the best explanation we have of what maybe the Bible's talking about, or maybe the Bible's just, you know, blowing, you know, in that particular instance, blowing smoke, or what, you know, how do we, how do we discern what the right way to go about this whole thing is, and it's all insane, and nobody's got it right, and, and for him to ask that question, initially, I went through panic mode, like we were going to talk about sex or something, and... uh, you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. same level of, oh, this is important. I can't mess this one up. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went through little bits of what I believe. And I said, but your mom kind of believes an overlapped version of that where we have some things that match and she's got whatever. So you just got to kind of figure it out, buddy. And he goes, how do I figure it out? Well, you'll start living, man. I mean, keep your brain open, question everything, that whole thing. So I, I dig that a lot. And I, without... Like, I didn't realize it until Grandpa was gone, and probably maybe five years after Grandpa was gone, that I have a lot of questions I would have really liked to ask him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, and I don't get it. So I just got to figure it out, and I get to talk to you and Drew, and like because there, there are pieces of the things that you guys all believe that I get to take for myself as well. Well, and I also think one of these days when we get to a point where we're through the rest of the artifacts from mom and dad's the pictures the Mm -hmm. articles the more important documents and things there will be pieces of the story you get from those right but the other thing i will say is there's a big enough gap between john and me and the rest of the girls that they know stories i don't know oh yeah right and there's family of dads in pennsylvania that we don't do a I, I personally, I won't speak for anybody else. I don't do a good job of communicating with. Right. But they may also have parts of stories it. and things that Yeah. it would probably make sense that we try to capture some of those. Yeah. And it's great to say that, but I bet it doesn't happen. 
unfortunately, like, yeah, just pragmatism and, and play there. I bet it doesn't happen. Might not. And it, it, which sort of sucks, but also we're here to figure our own way out anyway. That's true. There are questions I would have wished to have asked Grandpa. I don't get that opportunity now. It's just what it is. And so I either got to figure it out for myself or ask somebody else that I trust the answer to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's big. Um, You got anything else? I got nothing. That was kind of amazing. It was a nice conversation. It was a very nice conversation. We should do this more. <laughs> You'll be episode eight. Um, and, and really, like, we could make a you and me conversation happen every every four to six weeks or something because this was very outer shell of the onion thing. I mean, we got into some some deeper stuff, but I'm like, who are you? Where'd you come from? What's your favorite color? How many brothers and sisters you got? That kind of stupid stuff. And not stupid. All this has been great, but. We can dig a lot deeper. We could have an entire conversation on our aliens, just time travelers, and the, you know what I mean? Like, there's all mm-hmm. sorts of stupid stuff. Or are ghosts just time travelers, but they're like half of a dimension off, so we can see through them and we can't interact, but maybe they can do some stuff? Like, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that uh, I like that my mind is open to because you and I started having conversations like that, I think, when I was too young. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was just confusing. Oh, I'm um, sorry. No, you're good. Um, anyway, and then I didn't have another conversation like that until one of the guys I worked with got all hopped up on meth and <laughs> was paranoid as hell, and we just started having conversations like that. Oh. And I was like, this sounds like my mom. <laughs> I've never done drugs, so oh, sorry. Oh, that's good. Good for you. Other than prescribed ones. Yeah. Um, all right, so that has been episode two with Meg Denninger. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm truly, I'm just glad that we were able to have the conversation because, uh, there, there is a, a huge amount of depth to me saying that it's important for me that we're able to dig in a little bit. You know what I mean? Yep. You live out of town. There's not a whole lot of, of, um, of, you know, in the same place at the same time to begin with. So the fact that you made time for this, I really appreciate uh, this has been the Walk It Off Your Probably Fine podcast, titled in part uh, by this wonderful woman, Meg Denninger. That has been episode two. I hope you enjoy it, and have a good night.